about this? No. Mr. Constantine, I'd like to ask you a few questions. I know the circles you travel in, the occult exorcisms. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind? No direct contact with humans. That would be the rule. Just influence. See who would win. I need to see what you see. You do this, there's no turn. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Movie Smash! Smash, the podcast that looks at comic book movies that you may or may not remember. If you're the type of person that enjoys talking about hidden gems or just like to tear old movies apart, this is the place for you. And with that, let's get started. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Roberts. I'm the founder of Off Panel Creations. With me today, I've got Jeremy Parmentier. Hi, I'm Jeremy Parmentier. I'm the host of the Retrovaniacs podcast and a demon hunter. And Fergalameo. Well, I'm not a demon hunter, but I do like listening to all that demon stuff. And I am the owner of Gotham at Comics, where we reimagine the Gotham and shopping experience. We try to create a place that's a haven for nerds, villains, heroes, and everyone in between. Livonia, Michigan, and I'm looking forward to talking about Constantine. Yep, yeah, and today's movie is 2005's Constantine, uh, starring Keanu Reeves. Rachel Weiss, um, Shayla Booth, one of his earlier issue uh, viewings, uh, Tilda Swinton, and several others, directed by Francis Lawrence. So, guys, let's jump into this movie. Before we start talking about the movie itself, are you guys from? Were you guys familiar with Constantine or the character itself? Well, I am. I mean, so you know, going back to to the property. So, I'm I'm obviously our resident comic guy, and I did read the original Hellraiser storyline. Um, I've been following. You know, Constantine is one of my favorite characters um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, he's one of the masters of magic, um, one of the leaders of Justice League Dark, um, and I just thought the story where you know Alan Moore being one of one of the most prolific creators of iconic characters such as Swamp Thing and now Constantine and others. Um, I'm just, I'm familiar with the whole line through. So yeah, I was definitely familiar with it. Uh, I was not though. I did not know this was a comic uh, until we talked about doing it for the show. And then I realized, oh, wow, this is a comic. Uh, probably because the comic is not called Constantine. And therefore I, I never put two and two together. Uh, but I, I also didn't read Hellraiser. So I, I, I was unfamiliar with all of this. Yeah, I'm the same. At the time this movie came out, I was not familiar with who Constantine was or that this was a comic book movie. I just thought it was another, you know, demonology, occult type movie. Uh, I probably didn't realize, make the connection myself until I started seeing a lot of Justice League cartoons and Constantine started appearing in that. So did you guys see this movie when it first came out? Definitely. Definitely. Definitely saw it in theaters. I'm like everybody else. At the time this movie came out in 05, we were all riding high off the Matrix. I loved The Devil's Advocate. Keanu had a very good star at that point. Very strong. Um, and so I had to see the movie. And so I enjoyed the movie for what it was. I went back to it kind of thinking they missed a lot of things, but for the character missing so much, they got it right on so many other points. And Keanu is still just an amazing actor. So, I mean, he makes the role, even though he doesn't make the character. I remember seeing the previews for this. I, I didn't rush the movie theater to see it. I probably, I, I think it was just all Keanu doubt at that point. I did like the matrix. I wasn't as big into the sequels. And so I just saw another Keanu action movie. I was like, I'll see it eventually. And I never did until now. I saw this movie. I'm not sure if I saw it when it came out. I did see it before this. In fact, I did own the DVD at one point. I think uh, sort of what you said there, Jeremy, I thought I saw this more of a, is a Keanu movie rather than a comic book movie for when, you know, when it was out there. 
so I guess Fergal, what do you what were what were your initial thoughts about this movie back when you first saw it? So to to echo both of you guys, I thought it was a Constantine movie. Uh, excuse me, I thought it was a Keanu movie that um, he took. What obviously, I mean, he had to know he wasn't in line with the character and with the story and with the background, and he made it his own. He still owned the character, which, you know, I'm not to give too much away as we go through it. It's kind of the reason why this is still alive and still in a lot of places and why he's still being talked about for the next movie that's coming up for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just thought he owned the role. I thought he did a great job of owning the role, and that's a tribute to Keanu Reeves as an actor. And I also think this is a really important key to mention. This movie has such strong supporting staff not all of them but the characters that are in there they overact the hell out of this movie and they do amazing in that i think so fergal you sort of touched on it a little bit earlier but what's some history about this comic itself because as jeremy mentioned the comic itself was not called constantine no, it's Hellblazer. It's actually a, it's it's so a couple things you want to know about it. It was published under under Vertigo. Um, it's actually their longest running comic book under DC's Black Label. Um, kind of introduced in 1988. Kind of came through in '93. Came back out in 2019 as part of the Continuum, the mainstream. Um, start is actually created by Alan Moore, Stephen Bissett. Um, again, kind of appeared along the Swamp Thing. Um, very dark comic, very dark comic, but set in a completely different environment with a completely different character. This character is English. This character is blonde hair. And this character is much more of a mage and a magician um, than he is an occult detective or someone that kind of operates on the lines of a cult and more realistic. So where they got some things right, where they got some things wrong, again, all of that is secondary to the fact that Keanu just played the hell out of this character. And I think we'll probably touch a little bit more on the the differences a bit. But so for those who have not seen this movie, um, the character Johnson, John Constantine, he's an exorcist, a demonologist. He's brought into a case to help out a police woman to prove that her sister's death, her twin, was not a suicide, um, but something far, far more than that. As the case sort of unfolds, we stumble ourselves onto a war between heaven and hell. At the time this movie came out, it reminded me a lot of movies like Secret Window, Hellboy, uh, D- Devil's Advocate, even the Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger End of Days. Um, for me personally, I was really into that kind of movie at that time. Um, but let's sort of jump right into sort of your thoughts about this movie. Let's start with the characters. Um, there are quite a few in there. Uh, for we kind of alluded to it a little bit, but what were your thoughts around the characters themselves? So for me, um, you know, as I'm thinking about this this movie, you know, we've got a lot of characters to jump around. So I'll start with the most obvious. Chaz was unnecessary. He was funny. He was unnecessary. I think it was because Shia LaBeouf's star was on the way up. Um, I think the characters that deserve really real mention here. Um, I, I loved Gabriel. Um, I thought Tilda Swinton is amazing. Um, funny thing, Gavin Rossdale, um, you guys might be familiar with him. He was married to, oh God, who is that really cool? That he was he was a lead singer of Bush. He's a rock star, one of the original rock stars. And he's married to this, oh, I can't think of her name. It's going to come to me as we're talking. Um, but he married a very gorgeous blonde singer who's also phenomenal pink or someone if i'm not mistaken um and i thought again when you think about like midnight and some of the characters um the devil was pro- lucifer was probably to me the best acted character in the entire movie um even though his screen time was short he just he he took that role and owned that role and i thought that was amazing so a lot of those characters really added up to me and i think that's that's a big part of why this movie works 
Yeah, I, I thought Constantine and the the detective he's working with, Angela Dodson, were, were very well, like, their roles were defined. You knew why they were doing what they were doing. It You know, Constantine has it is the focus of the movie, and they introduce him well, where he just kind of comes in. Uh, the, the opening scene is kind of that exorcism that you get to watch him do. That has nothing to do with the rest of the plot, necessarily, but it's just like, yep, here it is. Here's what this guy does. And then it gets into his backstory. It'll, you, you learn a little more about him throughout the movie, but it's still like, I thought he was fine. And I thought that the detective, it made sense that she was trying to to kind of work under the radar to solve this this murder that everyone else assumes is just a suicide. Um, but there, like you mentioned, Chaz, you're right. Chaz, uh, who is uh, Shia LaBeouf, it, he's completely, he's there. It's like short round kind of from, uh, yes. from Indiana Jones, but he doesn't <laughs> really have a purpose. Like he's his driver and he seems to know like he's being training to also be whatever this, you know, supernatural detective thing that Constantine himself is doing, but he, none of it's explained. And uh, it, there's a lot of side characters. Uh, he has a, this Beeman character who, who makes a, a, like does a lot of investigation for him and gives him some uh, like magical uh, items and stuff that he can find from his place. He's basically like Q, but for Constantine uh, there, there's a guy who runs a nightclub called Papa Midnight that again, seems like he's somebody you should know. Like, I don't know if that's something the comics are more into, or if this is the kind of thing specifically Papa Midnight and some of these other, uh, demonic forces are these just you know actual things that people that are into this this sort of occult sort of mix believe or are these from the comics since i know this this whole uh this movie is based on like five issues or six issues of this comic in the middle of the stream so it's not even like this is the yeah. first comics constantine story in in hellblazer like this is just kind of a story that they edited into this movie so are all these characters that people that were in the comics so not all of them. Obviously, we've got Chaz wasn't in there. Gabriel um, was in there. Um, Father Hennessy was definitely in there, one of the people who died under Constantine's watch. And that's a big piece of it. A lot of people, a lot of the ethos around Constantine is that he's kind of plagued by the ghost of his past. Um, and he's plagued by the ghost of the people he can't help. So that's part of the reason why he's as, um, so he's very narcissistic at the same time, wants to do the right thing. He's got a very kind of, um, anti-hero hero but also struggles with a ton of guilt so you have some of the characters the one character though that they didn't really explore enough of was papa midnight he is um he is definitely in the hellblazer storyline and he has a lot of play in there um and he's a very strong mage and again the world is full of mages right so we didn't even touch on a vast majority of their real enemies like felix Faust and uh others in that character and just um you know even other characters like zatanna that are in there and Zatara and other people, other magic. Um, uh, Kent, uh, oh, what is his name? Kent, Doctor Fate, and the Helmet of Naboo. There's a lot of different things that go in in the comic that are not here. But yeah, some pieces here, some pieces not. I think they just made a great movie and kind of jammed some some pieces of the story in to say it was based on the story. Now, Jeremy, I think you said it right too. For me, Constantine and Angela, very filled out characters. Everyone else was. It did feel sort of surface level. Um, but I kind of wanted to know more about them. I want to know more of who they were, but it was never explained. Um, the one, the one thing I also is when I saw this movie initially, you know, years ago, uh, Constantine, like I said, I saw him as a Keanu Reeves movie. I saw him as Keanu did a fine job, good character, reminded me of devil's advocate. Now having seen many, you know, other versions of Constantine, it's kind of hard to see him not being a blonde, uh, blonde guy that's designed to look like Sting. 
Exactly. I think that's the part that makes it, you know, the comics are, and I think, you know, what I under, from what I understand, Constantine 2 has been talked about for 15 years. Um, it's been a movie that's been um, on someone's shelf, very much like a Deadpool thing, um, very much like a cult favorite. They want him to replay the movie. So there is, it has been greenlit. It is being kind of shopped around and talked about and moved forward. Um, and that, I, I think you're going to see that, but I think it's going to be outside of the continuum, more of an Elseworlds movie. Um, and more capturing the same vibe as the Batman with Matt Reeves. Very much out of the main continuum because they, they're going to have a Constantine in the main line uh, because of the monster authority and different things that they've got going on. So um, they're going to put this Constantine movie in a, in a separate kind of box. This movie has a lot of effects in it, uh, a lot of characters that are just CGI. It even shows hell a couple times. What are your guys' thought about the actual effects themselves, given the fact that this movie is almost 20 years old? The CG is good. This is a this was a big budget movie, and it shows the effects look really really good, for, especially for the hell sections or the demon sections. Um, there's there's a whole section in uh, in the hospital where you know it's like he takes on this army of demon like possessed humans. That that looked incredible. Still, like it looked it looks great. I have to say this this one, um, you know, unlike some of the other movies we watch for the effects, you can kind of tell we're done on the cheaper end. They really went all out with this one, and and it still holds up. So where I agree 100% with you and Jeremy is that I think the CG still does hold up 20 plus years later. Where I disagree was that scene in the in the uh, in the hospital. I think that scene, you know, that was a bit of, you know, come on guys, that was too much of a Blade scene. That was without without really putting it out there. That was Blade, for lack of a better word. And I think that was them trying to do what Blade had done um, and try to make it. I, now the hell scenes, the demon scene. I thought the best scene in the hospital was the scene with the glass. Yes. I thought that was the that was probably when he was trying to push the the body and he was getting hot. And then the scene with heaven and hell. Those were awesome scenes, right? The 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 shooting scene just it, you know again that's part of my issue with Constantine is he's not so while he is reliant on tools, not a big shotgun. The guy doesn't use guns. Yeah, the uh, the crucifix shotgun. Yeah, that that I don't remember from any of the comics. Not at all. I thought the scene that was most Constantine was when he held up the shroud of Moses and fought back those shadow demons on the street. That felt like the most Constantine move ever, where he pulls this thing out. He hasn't even brought it up before, just in his pocket and wipes out a flock of, de- of demons. That and when he puts his arms together and says, into the light, I command thee, into the light. I, that to me, those are the two scenes, to your point, Chris, where they sort of give you an idea. Because what people don't realize about Constantine is he's a practitioner. He both is he, he's generations of magic. Um, so magic in his blood. So he's a blood practitioner. And he actually is considered to be one of the top three mages in the DC universe. I felt at times the Constantine character himself did touch a little bit upon what I've enjoyed about him as a character from, like I said, other versions that have come out since then, uh, various Justice League dark movies That's and right. what have you. The Which I've always enjoyed of the he's – he acts like he doesn't care. He obviously does. And he's got a plethora of – I don't want to use the word tools, but more like trinkets that he's That's collected right. over the eons he's been alive. That's right. It would have been awesome to see the House of Mystery though. It would have been awesome. What about tonally, guys? How do you feel this movie is, like I said, as a tonally? I, I think 
Keanu Reeves could do no harm. That's the only reason this didn't move it. And I don't think you could make, you know, you could today, I guess you could because they've made Exorcist Believer, but back then, this was a dark movie for the times. I mean, it was a heaven and hell situation. If, if you were looking for a reason to protest this movie, that, that's probably the best part of the movie was that they touched on the ever, ever reaching fight between heaven and hell demons and angels pushing and nudging creating people and figuring out who's going to win the war and the you know the, the the different chapters one for the hell and one for heaven of the bible i thought that was you know that sort of t- set the whole tone yeah I, I think again if this was if this was out now i don't think it would have as much i i don't know i, I even know if it did have a big backlash i just expected after watching this to have seen like articles about how you know, movie reviewers even were like, don't watch this. This is this is blasphemous, whatever. But there's none of that in there. And maybe it's because this was it's later than I believe it is. 2005 isn't that long ago, but it still feels like back then there would have been some sort of push on the content here. Um, but, you know, that that said, I I don't think it's as dark. I mean, like there are dark parts of it, but I think it also still does have a, you know, you like uh, Constantine. You like the character because it's Keanu Reeves, but also, I mean, he, he does have a little bit of humor in there. There are little remarks back and forth. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily got really funny moments, but it, it he does have moments where it's not just, it's not just dark the whole time. There are some things that are, um, you know, that, that kind of make him endearing. That's jazz. <laughs> yeah, personally, I would not put this in the genre of like a horror movie. Like 30 Days a Night that we did earlier, that was a horror movie. This is got that it's more of a detective noir with the occult for me when it comes to the religious pieces of it the the more more catholic mythos than anything else the how do i put this for what i imagine constantine to be it always felt was more occult than it was religious if that makes sense there was always less sort of heaven and hell and more just hell that's what i always felt constantine was 100 percent. i think what's missed is the magic piece of it Exactly. So it felt like there was more sort of religious tones. And I think that probably was done to allow the average audience to more understand it. And it'd be even more sort of mainstream than a John Constantine that was, you know, British, blonde, staying, throwing magic, you know, left and right. I I didn't even know until we were talking about it that magic was supposed to be a a much larger part of the character. Like he has clearly has some abilities, some magical abilities where he's able to do things like, um, you know, when he when he grabs the shroud and kind of fights these shadow people, he's able to to use the the. You know, kind of the shadow world that's underneath all uh, the the regular world for the battle of heaven and hell. He's able to 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 enter those areas and see those things. But I didn't see him as a magician. Um, I kind of wish they would have focused more on that because I think that would have been more interesting than, you know, I we. I did like how it looked for that scene in the hospital where he fought all the the, uh, the the possessed humans, but it would have been much cooler if it was more of a magical solution than uh, we're just going to make right. it where he has a giant gun. That's right. That's the blade solution. I, I, I like the magical solution. And honestly, if you ever want to see a sense of his power, there's a great cartoon movie, um, and, and, and Chris, you're probably very familiar with it, uh, Justice League Apocalypse War, where it shows um, Constantine trap Trigon. And Trigon is considered one of the high princes of hell. Um, one of the old gods, if you will, one of the original kind of seven demons, seven princes in hell, alternate version, very, very serious. And he's able to trap him. He's, you know, Constantine, quite frankly, has been strong enough to take on every character, um, strong enough to resist possession, strong enough to bring forth demons and bring them out, strong enough to trick everyone, strong enough to take the powers of Shazam. He's done more than his fair share from a magic standpoint um, than people are aware of. It's interesting. Something you just said there, Fergal, he's been able to trick people. 
that's one thing I think is missing missing from this version of Constantine. For whatever it is, on all of the versions I've seen, he's always been there's always a trick or a ruse he pulls last minute that even as a audience we were unaware of. Um, for this one, on the other hand, it just that never comes up. That sort of trickster version of himself is never shown. Well, I think that's where they that's where they leaned into Keanu. I think that's the difference in this role. They leaned into Keanu and allowed Keanu the latitude to take the role where he wanted to. Right? They gave him and they gave the audience who would you know such as myself enough to say, okay, you're a Constantine fan. See some things we've done. See some symbologies. Some things he's pulling some magic out. But for everyone else, they said, look, it's Keanu. Look, it's Keanu with a tie and a very beautiful Osiris Rodge. Yeah, actually, when they were originally uh, moving the script around, trying to pitch it, they had it as a blonde guy from Liverpool as uh, Constantine, but nobody would pick it up. So they switched it over to a dark-haired guy from L.A., and boom, it was picked up immediately. That tells you where the world was at that point from because even the comic itself, while it had an audience and it is their most successful, longest-running comic, um, it it just it it's it's a darker book. It's more of a cult classic book. I think that's why the story itself resonates so long and so far in. And again, a couple quick tips: um, Empire ranked Empire Magazine has ranked Constantine third in their fiftieth greatest comic characters of all time. IGN, which if you don't know, is one of the most successful websites for comic news ranked him number 29 in their top 100 comic heroes and the character ranked number 10 in wizards top 200 comic characters of all time um so there's a couple there's a couple reasons why the character is as strong as he is but also audiences are different like if this movie got made overseas and was coming from an england point of view you darn sure know he would have looked like sting possibly have been sting what's even funnier is the original actor do you guys who know who the original actor who was pitched for this movie was who was actually signed on to do this movie who was it i don't know nicholas cage oh come on <laughs> nick cage would have been great yeah because uh yeah he was the original guy pitched for it there the original director i forgot his name was uh when he realized that nick C- the the studio no longer wanted nick cage for the, for the part the director was like fine it's not gonna hit my vision and left this movie would have been very different with a nicholas cage to be honest with you, Gavin Rossdale, which is Balthazar, which is the demon, the head demon, he would have made a kick-ass Constantine in that show. If it was an English shot movie, he would have been kick-ass. Um, he's an English guy to begin with, and I just think he would have carried the Constantine look really well. Before we jump into we one character I do want to go back and circle back to, uh, Lucifer. What did you guys think of him? He was only on the screen for, what, five minutes? But what do you think of that piece? Because that's obviously a huge role that some movies get wrong, some movies get right. How'd you feel about that one? I I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, he 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 came in and it was just a like a force. Um, but it wasn't like this ridiculous, over the top CG giant demon. It's just a guy who comes in and is you know clearly knows he he calls all the shots and he. Th- thinks he's finally got Constantine. He thinks he's finally got him. It, it was really like, I loved the end of this movie. I was very happy with how it all, you know, kind of rolls up. I don't want to give it all away, I suppose, but I, I thought it, that his, his role and his function in the story was perfect. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you guys. Have you guys ever seen the movie prophecy with Christopher Walken, the original prophecy? I have not. Great movie. 
great movie, you guys. Because it, it's an angels heaven and hell thing. Um, it's very much they have um, Vincent, our uh, uh, the guy who plays Aragon in um, I can't remember his name, Vito, whatever his name, Morganson, Vigo Morganson, right? He played the devil in that movie. So prophecy, which really focuses on again a very realistic yet incredibly frightening version of the devil. Peter Strasmore really killed this role. He killed it from the attire. I thought the attire was perfect. I thought just the right amount of black tar, sulfur, how he sort of ascends down in a way, but not coming down, sort of up is down situation. And just the way he sort of rules the space, even in the fight with Gabriel, I just thought, wow. And and to me, the end piece where, he, and I don't want to give away the movie, where he ends up losing to Constantine um, and that's probably the only trick that we see Constantine do um, it, it, even that felt real because how would the devil fall for such a trick and it, it makes sense when you follow the mythology the demonology the bible the biblical prophecies and all of those things uh, as to why the devil would have been would have been caught unaware on that process so yeah great character great story so Pacing wise, guys, how'd you feel about did this movie move along properly? Was it slow? Was it long? No, it, it was if anything, I think it might be too too fast. I mean it was two hours long, so I don't think it needed to be any longer. But again, we've talked about all the characters you don't have the backstory for. Um, I really wish you would have been able to understand a little more about basically everybody, uh, except for Constantine and uh and Angela. So I you know, I but I also, you know, I don't know if I'd want it to go any longer. I think it moves fast. I, I didn't have a big problem with that. Agreed. I, I think the movie moves well with itself. Um, you know, there are scenes they could have taken out, like the the for the exorcism. I'm not sure that was the best way to display John's ability, but I understand why he was there, because you had to introduce the priest. Um, I thought there were some slower parts. I found myself, because I watched it twice, because I own the movie, and I found myself, the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it. Second time, I wanted to see if I was missing anything, and I did find myself fast-forwarding through a couple parts of the movie that I thought were slow, and there was one scene, one item, one mythos item that was not touched on, and it was a Spear of Destiny. Um, that was a very much a comic thing, the Spear of Destiny, and it was even wrapped in the Nazi flag. Um, and if you understand the background, the Justice Society of America, why that was important, where that came into play, how that came into play, I would have loved to learn a little bit more about that. It's interesting you mentioned that. I completely forgot about the Spirit of Destiny before I saw this movie again. And the fact that I've just watched this movie twice now and I that had enough slip of mind again. It's kind of an interesting subplot that is pretty much just forgotten about. I mean, it comes back up at the end. It is part of the final solution of what they've got to got to do. But there there should have been so much more to it. Yeah, the spear of Longinus, yeah, the spear that pierced Jesus' side. Yeah, that's a that's a unique uh, that's a unique that's got its own encapsulated story. And yeah, it's it's very powerful. Obviously, it's powerful enough that guy got ran into a car and still walked away like it was no problem. And two little tidbits for you: it's the same spear of destiny piece prop that was used in Hellboy earlier that year. Really? Yeah. And the other one is the Nazi flag that that, that it was wrapped around to symbolize it came from the that, that occult society that it was burned after the um, the filming of the movie to make sure no one would pick it up and use it. The the, the oh the, the the Nazi flag was burned after the movie. Oh yeah, they want to make sure it didn't fall in the hands of any sort of neo Nazis. 
Well, that's damn good. Oh, that's interesting. I would not have known that. But yeah, it's the Fool Society, which also plays in the same universe as Hellboy, which plays in a lot of these different universes. Remember, these universes that we speak of, like Hellboy and different things, they're all intertwined on some level. Mages understand each other. Magic and power. There's a There was a whole line, um, a DC run that just recently came out that explores and talks about the, um, really just focuses on the magic. Um, Dark Fate, um, Dark Crisis, all about magic all about the magic it's funny how we we keep coming back to the fact that a lot of these characters needed more and i have a quick question for you guys did you guys see the end of credit scene i did and i thought if anything it was kind of just a i thought they did Chaz dirty you know in the movie he's he you don't get anything to know about him when finally he actually does something he dies almost immediately so it's it was kind of just in my mind it was just like a hey you know what Chaz? we know that you got wrong here you go that that's what i thought of the end i didn't think it was necessary at all but it was a nice for, for the Chaz fans out there. It was a nice touch. So I, I, that was actually, yes, that scene It's actually resurrected to dress like Gabriel. So he's being, you know, there's an idea that they took him in and took him out to resurrect him like Gabriel to give him to, to run Gabriel. But it also does not go back around to the fact that Constantine is haunted by the lives that he's lost, that he's taken advantage of that work with him, that all follow him around all the time. What's funny is um, back this movie came out, I didn't know there was an end of credit scene. I, like I said, I owned this movie at one point, lost the DVD at one point. I didn't know there was an end of credit scene until my second watching this for this podcast. I just left it running and didn't realize it because that wasn't a thing back then. No, no. And well, I mean, did Blade have an end credit scene? Yes, it did. It had the scene where he's in Russia, t- about to take out the nightclub in Russia. That's right. So Marvel was kind of putting that stuff out there early, but I don't think they had a clear direction. What they, they may have put end credit scenes just to tease out and just kind of put their own spin on movies, but I don't necessarily know between Marvel or DC where they, they kind of intertwine the storylines. Okay, so overall, as a movie, how do you guys feel about this thing? I say watch it. I think it's a great take. It's a different take. Um, If you're a fan of Keanu, you're going to love this movie. If you're a fan of Constantine, you're going to like this movie. Um, You're going to enjoy the take. I'm actually, now that we've got all this out in the air and since we're spoiling a few things, Constantine 2, they've really put some efforts into going back to the same Vertigo run of Hellblazer to find a story that can wrap up Constantine 2, which is the the Keanu Reeves to kind of follow up to his story. Um, Again, it's going to be completely separate from the main DC line, so there is going to be another Constantine, which I think might be confusing, but I definitely think it's a watch to go see. Um, so as a as a movie on its own, since I didn't know anything about the source material, I really liked it. Now that I've heard from from you guys about the source material, I'm actually uh, more interested to go back and read some Hellraiser to see what's different. And then maybe I will not like this movie. But right now I enjoyed it for what it was. It's not what I expected. I thought this was going to be, you know, Keanu versus demons with bullet time. And instead it was it was a really neat, I, you know, heaven versus hell storyline. I love the sort of thing where there's one guy that's dealing with all these unseen forces in the world that everybody else can't see, but he can. Um, so I am surprised it took me this long to watch this movie, but I liked it, but I would have to, to put a star by that. Say I liked it knowing nothing about Constantine or Hellraiser. And now I want to. <laughs> it's funny you say that. So I enjoyed it as a Keanu Reeves movie of the time back then, but knowing more about Constantine, I like it less. If that makes any sense. So it's a re- I think it's a good movie or B, a B plus B type movie, but knowing Constantine, there's so many more things I wish they would have done and it would have explored. 
But um, that's just sort of having some ignorance before going to the movie can can be beneficial sometimes. Agreed. This is probably one of the few movies that you want to not know a lot about Constantine because then it becomes a Keanu Reeves movie. Because um, if it's a Constantine movie, to your point, it's a solid B. I mean, it's a great B. Um, they 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 hit the storyline. They did well. It's encapsulated. It's top to bottom. I think people will love the movie, um, and it, it's an enjoyable film. But to your point, having watched the cartoons and and actually kind of reading the comic books and hearing just like from everything from Justice League Dark on, you can see the power of Constantine, the true power of Constantine, it, it becomes, you know, let me, let me give you a clear example. They missed his coat and his red tie. Come on, man. You could have given me his coat and his red tie at the very least. Yeah, there was no trench coat. No trench coat, no red tie. And he has a plethora of those. That's true. But I, I think it's well worth seeing it. And I, I can't wait till Constantine 2 comes out. I think it's going to be dope. Well, I think that sort of jumps into for us for like the future. Um, should people watch this thing? I, it sounds like you guys are an overwhelming yes. I'm a medium yes. I'm a strong yes, but I'm. this is my first time. I'm less than a full thumbs up. Uh, I'm full for Keanu always because I think John Wick and everything about him is awesome. But for the movie itself, I'm a half thumbs. And I think you should definitely watch it. Yeah, I, I totally would. I would totally watch this. But again, I, I do think uh, you have to put a star or anything I say. I thought it was a great movie. I have no idea if it's a good Constantine movie. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of Keanu, go watch it. You can see his earlier works. It's not quite John Wick, but it's also he's more mature than The Matrix. But if you're looking for a Constantine by the book sort of character, this is more of a taste of Constantine than anything else. Yes. Chris, you encapsulated that perfectly, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> would you guys go rewatch this movie? I did twice. I did twice and I found myself fast forwarding the second one. So I'm going to put this down, give myself about three, four months, go back and read a few comics, maybe watch a cartoon and rewatch it again. Um, Yeah, I will definitely watch this again. And I would like to watch it after reading some of the source material to see what I really think of the uh, the, the translation of the material. For me, I would love to rewatch a director's cut of this. There's supposedly a lot of stuff that was cut out of it. It's on the DVD. I don't remember any of the scenes, but supposedly it's on there. But I would love to, that they restitched it all together as a director's cut, because supposedly there's a lot more lore to Constantine that was left on the cutting room floor just to not confuse audiences. So for me, a rewatch. Love to go see the DVD again. Looked at the price. A little too much for a movie I've already watched a few many times. So I guess the next question, guys, is um, obviously there have been talks about a sequel and a remake. So the question really is, should they do both or either or, or neither? I think so. I Well, it, it, you know, Marvel is in such a shambles right now that this is the opportunity for DC to make a name. James Gunn now has the space and the opportunity to not screw it up. Um, if you guys have been catching some of the animated stuff coming out of DC, they've been doing phenomenal. Um, should they? Could they? Will they do it justice? I hope the hell so. Um, if they get it right, they're they're gonna they're gonna maybe they're gonna apple the hell out of what Microsoft. You know, using that old analogy between Marvel being Microsoft, they're gonna come in and apple the hell out of it. Yeah, I originally thought we there, there's no need to make a a remake of this, but now that I know uh, that. This really isn't a very accurate portrayal of of Constantine. Maybe they should. Maybe they should do a full on like remake of this, or even just a, a a fresh new Constantine. And then I feel I would still have to see a sequel with this version of Constantine. So they should do both. And if that's what they're doing, I'm all in. Yeah, from last I've heard, that is what they're doing. Keanu has said he wants to do a second one. He's willing to go all in on it. My worry is 
is there a big enough cult following for this movie from 20 years ago to sort of uplift a sequel? I mean, this movie made a ton of money when it was out. It was, it wasn't like this was like under the radar kind of thing. This thing made a ton of money for how much they spent on it. But is that following still there for a sequel? I don't know, but I would, I would see that movie for a remake. Love to see it. I need to see a Constantine that is blonde and in a trench coat and with a red tie. With, with, with a red tie, yeah. With, with, with a nick, saying, mind your knickers. Mind your knickers. Exactly. With that thick, was it, is it a Liverpool accent, I guess? It's a Liverpool. That's a Southie London Liverpool accent. Yes, it is. Yes, it, Cockney is what we call it in the uh, European sense. And you're doing it no justice. <laughs> I am doing it no justice. Remember, I am Irish by blood. So if you want to ask me where my four-leaf clovers, I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, the, the English thing is not necessarily in the blood here. So thumbs up, thumbs down, three quarters. What is your guys' rating for this thing? I'm a, I'm a half a thumb. I'm a, I'm a solid half a thumb. I'm a full thumb for Keanu, a half thumb for the movie, and I'm enthusiastically both thumbs up for redoing both of them. Yeah, I'm going to give it a, a, a three-quarter thumbs up. I did enjoy it on its own, um, but now I'm very concerned that I may lower that slightly once I, again, get a chance to read more of the other stuff. But I, I, on its own, I had a great time with this movie. At no point did I not want to watch it, and I, I'm excited to see it again. So three-quarters thumb. Yeah, if you were to go watch Justice League Dark or Justice League Apocalypse, you might change your rating on it. I would give it, a I, as a movie, three quarters it's it's a fine movie i'm not going to turn it off if it comes on i'm not walking out of the room it's a good keanu movie it's not a great constantine one let's put it that way wow am i got i've got the lowest rating in our group today this this does not feel normal that is quite surprising actually (laughs) (laughs) so why don't we jump into the mailbag guys we got three new messages to go over um so and just get your reaction to them however you want to respond to them so the first one comes from Captain Buttballs. Uh, oh, Jesus. Jeremy, I'm not sure this is your grandmother or not. It could be my uh, grandmother. Well, it, 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 could, <laughs> it could be your grandmother or maybe one of my relatives coming in because there are probably a few of them with Captain Buttballs at the end. Uh, the email address is very fitting. So please cover movies other than the ones you've that are based on comics. Most comic-based movies are absolute ass. There's Tim Burton's Batman and there's the X-Men movie and that's it. Everything else is ass. Well, first off, um, not everything is ass. Some things are balls, um, and some things are the soft spots too. So I, I think he's got to be a little bit more um, pejorative with his uh, with his claims. But I agree, there are hard movies, but you can't just roll the world up into two movies and say that's it. There are great movies that you don't know exist in the comic world, um, and so we're going to keep on doing that stuff, Mister Balls and Dick, and let's keep doing it with us. Well, there, there was no dick involved, just balls. Oh, just balls. I'm sorry. I get excited when we talk about balls because dick goes in there, too. Well, the good news is if you're listening to this now, you've seen that we have not done just superhero stuff. We've done some superhero <laughs> stuff, but we're also doing stuff that's clearly not traditional comic book movies. When, when you say that to somebody, they expect Superman, and we're clearly not just talking Superman. So, you know, I hope you're enjoying how we've branched out. Yeah, which means that he probably has just listened to the 30 Days of Night episode, which is not superheroes. But of course, I think the next episode that drops for him will be the uh, the Justice League New Frontier one, So, which is just about as superhero as you can get. <laughs> it is, but it's much more about the collectible. It's a comic movie at its face. It also speaks to the current industry trends. So want to get into True. that, we can do that too. True. Uh, next one um, comes from Aaron. Uh, it says, movie suggestion, Lone Wolf and the Cub, Sword of Vengeance. 
first of these movies. It's based on a comic book of the same title. Lone Wolf Cup Cubs Sword of Vengeance. Lone Wolf and Cub colon Sword of Vengeance. I, I'm up for that at some point, but I, I definitely remember Lone Wolf and Cub. That was in the same time frame that people were getting into Ninja Turtles, Lone Wolf and Cub kind of also had this resurgence, as I recall, from, from my short period of time oh. in, the, in the comic book uh, world. Are we talking about the 1972 movie, Lone Wolf yeah, and Cub? I is just that looked it up. It is 1972. Are we literally talking about that? This is a guy, Aaron. God bless you, man. You got a lot of free time. Uh, that's all I'm going to tell you right there. This, he's, he's going deep into the, into the thing, because if we're going to do that, we should do the Seven Swords of Samurai, 47 Ron or something else as well. Well, we'll get there eventually. We've got 700 to make our way through. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, next one, guys, is from JW, who, by the way, has sent us a message in the past. If you guys ever do a bonus episode, I want to hear your thoughts on who makes the best Bruce Wayne, not Batman, Bruce Wayne, because Bruce Wayne is the uh, Bruce Wayne is the real costume. And I'm curious to see who thinks who wears it best. That's interesting. The best Bruce Wayne. That's a tough one. No answers. That's a bonus uh, episode. That's a bonus episode, but that's a tough one. Wow. Uh, and I'm sorry, who is this from again? Uh, JW. He he wrote to us last time too. JW points to you, sir. Points to you. Thank you for being a critical thinker. That's all I got to say. Thank you for being a critical thinker. I have no comment on this. We're not going to answer it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so with that, guys, uh, we're about to head out here. So what are you guys working on now? What's, what's currently on your plate? Well, we are uh, getting stuff ready for our Black Friday getting going. Um, we've been continuing to add new stuff in as we go through, just adding a bunch of new material. Um, been really, really amazing. I recently just got into a collection of uh, Hulk, a Incredible Hulk series. Picked up three Hulk issue 180s, which are beautiful. Um, and just so you know, those are first appearance of Wolverines, both all of them with the Marvel MBS stamp. Um, and we're just adding stuff getting ready for our Black Friday and uh, hopefully getting ready to make this holiday amazing for our comic aficionados and our anime and Pokemon and action figure fans. Yeah, knowing this is an episode that's going to come out right before Christmas, I'm sure that I'm frantically buying things that I've forgotten about is what I'm up to right now. Other than that, you can always find out what games I'm playing, and they're all 20 years old or more at Retrovania.net. So by the time this comes out, I should be working on a Moroccan board game table, hopefully. And Fergal, it's kind of funny you mentioned the Hulk. Uh, recently, uh, in my building queue, someone has requested a pair of shelves themed around the Hulk. Wow. Okay. Okay. We may have to talk about that one because these are some, these are some, I've, I've been collecting and getting, it's an interesting, both, it's both sad and an and interesting uh, dichotomy in the economy because um, there's a lot of folks selling collections now. And, you know, it's an interesting market to be selling into. So, um, what we've been coming through, I think our ratings and our ability to work with and help people understand what they have has allowed us to get a ton of great new collections. Um, so, I'm really excited. I've gotten some books that are amazing lately. Just real hard to find stuff now we should probably talk more about that so that's our show guys uh thank you for listening if you enjoy the show please give us a review and share with your friends if you want to drop us a note tell us how we are wrong and make a movie suggestion just visit us at movie-smash.com and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks
enjoyed the show, please give us a review and share with your friends. If you want to drop us a note, tell us where we were wrong, or give us a movie suggestion, visit us at movie-smash.com. Thank you.